Faves in the Finiverse, live from Hong Kong Fintech Week. Well, the thing is, we, we talk about Fidelity International, but when it comes to digital asset, I think we are still at a stage where it's not you against me. There will be always competition, but at, at, at this stage of the evolution of digital asset, I think it's more about collaborating with other entities. And you know, one of the, the reasons why I, I wanted to dedicate my career to digital asset is because we tend to work in a different environment, at least at this stage. We can have discussion, we can be open about what we would like to do. We, we move away with digital asset from the concept of, it's a black box, it's my secret source. Welcome to Waves in the Finiverse. I'm Walter Jennings, the host of a podcast brought to you by Finiverse. We're talking with the wave makers that are creating ripples, waves, and tsunamis across finance, crypto, fintech, Web3, and beyond. Listen weekly to hear the change makers talk firsthand about their experiences in this dynamic industry. Welcome to Waves in the Finiverse. I'm Walter Jennings, and we are privileged to be joined today by Luke Froelich, who is the global head of digital asset solutions at Fidelity International, one of the largest funds active in the digital asset marketplace. Luke, welcome to Waves in the Finiverse. Thank you, Walter. Uh, look, could we begin by covering some of the basics? Uh, what do you mean when you talk about digital assets? Yeah, so I, I use the term digital asset fairly broadly. And what I mean by digital asset is anything that has been digitally issued, stored or traded. And one way to get a bit of more of a sense of what it means practically, especially from a risk point of view, we tend to look at a spectrum when we talk about digital assets. So starting with cryptocurrencies, all the way to security tokens, which include tokenized securities. So that's kind of the range, the both ends of the range. And in between, you would have like utility token, stablecoin, non-fungible token, and CBDCs. Luke, um, Fidelity is a household name uh, back from the days of mutual funds, which are still quite popular, and now wealth management. Could you give us an insight into the scale and scope of Fidelity? Um, so Fidelity International is a global asset manager. We present in over 25 locations. Uh, we hold about 700 billion US dollar of uh, assets for roughly two and a half million client. And in terms of what we do in this space, so we cover equity, fixed income, real estate, multi-asset, private credit, as well as digital asset. And what what was the impetus to begin uh, a dedicated digital assets uh, uh, solutions group within Fidelity? There was two rational, I think. The first one was, obviously, there was some interest from some bucket of our clients. They wanted to get involved. They wanted to understand how it works and how ultimately they could be integrating this in their own portfolio. So that's one angle. The other angle is that 
We're also always trying to find ways of creating new solutions or approaching financial market in a, in a different ways. And along this process of research, that's, that's how we kind of stumble upon digital assets. So we started uh, as a group in 2014, looking at Bitcoin, exploring how we could be mining it and also integrating in, in real life example. So along this journey, that's where we started identifying some, say, elements within the value chain where we could be present. So we started with custody and now we're moving more toward investment solutions. Now, um, what is in Fidelity's investment strategy for the digital asset market? So the way we look at it at the moment is, I would say we're fairly early. So in, in TradFi, you would say that we are in the leading pack, but- TradFi meaning traditional finance. Absolutely. <laughs> so in, in TradFi, we're still um, ahead of the pack. But when it comes to the strategy, the number one objective at the moment is to help our clients move toward digital assets. So effectively creating a bridge between traditional finance, moving toward digital finance and ultimately decentralized finance. So the way we approach it is there's a lot of educational work. So approaching your client, helping to understand what it means basically. And, and there you can see that there are different group of clients with different type of interest. You have your high net worth individual or your family officers with Kind of been in the game for quite some time. So, so they know what they want. And the reason why they would approach us is because they are looking to work with regulated entity. They're looking for, for safety. Then you have another group of investors who are more like the, the larger traditional institutional investor. And they are more in a phase where they are figuring out how they could be integrating this type of asset in the portfolio, what this means in terms of portfolio construction, and also what are the risks that they need to be aware of? So it's more of an educational journey. And uh, Luke, are you investing in the coins themselves or the infrastructure and ecosystem companies or a little bit of both? You can see a little bit of both. So we started with this Bitcoin ETP and the idea is to, along the, the journey, as our clients feel comfortable moving into this space, to explore other segments of, of this universe. But providing a direct access to cryptocurrency is only part, one part of the story, right? Um, we, we're not a crypto shop. That's not the, our ambition to become a crypto shop. So that's why I mentioned at the beginning this spectrum that we look at when you talk about digital assets. So talking about cryptocurrency, but also looking at security token. And that's where we've been doing uh, quite a bit of work in the, the space of tokenized assets. How, how can we be tokenizing our own fund share class with the prospect of distributing them and also exploring how we can onboard tokenized assets. So at the moment, for instance, there are a lot of talks about tokenized bonds and hopefully as people join this journey, we would see other type of assets being onboarded. Yes, I know that the um, uh, BIS uh, did a study here in Hong Kong on uh, using uh, blockchain for green bonds, uh, because anything that can be put on the chain can be measured. So whether it's solar cells or power reductions, it, it just makes the monitoring and sale that much easier. Yeah, you spot on, Walter. I think uh, one of the most attractive aspects of the blockchain technology in this respect is to provide this transparency into actually what we're talking about. The, 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 the sustainable words 
can be challenging because there are a lot of subjectivity. And we are we have here with blockchain technology potentially a way to create transparency by focusing on the facts and making them available for everybody. And because of the concept of blockchain, of the share infrastructure, you would hope that you would be able to create one golden source, one source of information that everybody can be using. So there will be less conflict between different views. From innovators to investors, get inside the minds of the industry's top leaders in finance, fintech, crypto, Web3, and beyond. Get ready to ride the next wave. This is Waves in the Finiverse, the podcast, live from Hong Kong Fintech Week. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, for those of you watching, we're talking with Luke Froelich, uh, who's the Global Head of Digital Asset Solutions at Fidelity International. Now, um, Luke, I'm very keen on institutional interest in digital assets and Web3 technologies. Uh, what is the demand like on the institutional side and where are you finding geographically the strongest demand? So the demand is, is very much on understanding how they can benefit from the blockchain technology and not just from an investment point of view, but also from an infrastructure point of view. From an investment point of view, there is still a lot of debate and research around cryptocurrencies. Uh, how, what is the role that they should be playing? Well, we talk about diversification. There was some talk about crypto being a hedge. Obviously, that hasn't worked out uh, for the time being. And there is also this concept of, well, cryptocurrency, at least certain, certain of them, like starting with Bitcoin, for instance, could be representing a sort of insurance in, in your portfolio. So that's where investor, institutional investor are at. They looking at this asset class. They also appreciate that not being exposed to it totally is actually sort of making an, an active decision to, to show this asset class. So that's one aspect on the digital asset as an asset class. The second segment is digital asset as an infrastructure. And that's all, all about investigating how they could benefit from integrating this type of technology in their own operation. We've seen real life example, like in the shipping container uh, industry, for instance. So there are already real life use case of blockchain technology. And the question is, what is the best way to integrate this in, in financial markets? Geographically, are you noticing peaks and valleys of demand from your clients in terms of, uh, are they more advanced in the EU or LATAM or the US? Uh, where do you see the, the more sophisticated digital asset markets worldwide? That's a tricky question because you can look at the numbers, right? We have a global survey that has been run by Fidelity Digital Assets for a couple of years now that clearly point toward Asia as being the region where at least institutional adoption, um, so institutional being pension fund, wealth manager, hedge funds, family offices, where this adoption is significantly higher than the rest of the world. Why are we on the 70%? So from this point of view, it looks like Asia is the hotbed. And I mean, we are at the FinTech uh, Hong Kong week. There is a lot of discussion about the different um, pilots that have been run across central banks. So you see that there is real activity. And nevertheless, when it comes to real application, like client approaching us, um, the, the, there is not a particular region. It's where you see more activity. 
it's it feels that it's much more driven by individual within certain organization to be very fair they the level of understanding when it comes to blockchain technology and the benefits or risk of digital asset we're still fairly early so it's not that everybody understand as an appreciation of what it means so it, it's more about identifying champion across different companies and countries, and they they drive the business. So it's not because you have uh, an entity like a bank, for instance. I would not say that there is a specific location we see more activity. It's very much driven, driven by individual in specific entities. Right. So you've got a client that's got strong demand, and it doesn't matter where they are because these are all global institutions. And so you're finding a pretty universal demand around the world. That's fair to say, but it's typically driven by specific individuals within those organizations. So the, the objective is to identify who is fluent in digital asset and who we can work with, collaborate and co-create solutions. Now, um, a lot of the conversations here at Hong Kong Fintech Week have revolved around the metaverse. And um, how does that present you and your clients opportunities? So that's an area we say that blockchain technology, digital assets, we are pretty early on. I think when it comes to the metaverse, we're even earlier on. But the opportunity that we see at this stage, and that's what we see in terms of demand from our clients, is to find a way to engage with them in a different context, in a different environment, and potentially being able to provide the content or provide content in a way that it makes it more accessible for at least part of the organization. So I think what we're going to see first is us, like other players, potentially engaging in the metaverse to find way to to educate people. And when I say educate, I don't mean in a patronizing way, but it's more uh, in terms of bringing them on the journey of digital asset. It's not straightforward. It takes some time to get an appreciation for what this technology can do, what digital asset can, can do for you. So the metaverse seems to be a very... Um, optimal environment for this type of engagement. Yeah, a great place to co-work, collaborate, co-development, and come up with solutions. Absolutely. We've covered a lot on Fidelity International. Is there any areas we haven't uh, overviewed that's important to make sure we cover? Well, the thing is, we, we talk about Fidelity International, but when it comes to digital assets, I think we are still at a stage where it's not you against me. There will be always competition. But at, at, at this stage of the evolution of digital asset, I think it's more about collaborating with other entities. And you know, one of the, the reasons why I, I wanted to dedicate my career to digital asset is because we tend to work in a different environment, at least at this stage. We can have discussion. We can be open about what we would like to do. So what I would welcome is even more collaboration between peers, between asset manager, between bank, is just to have an open discussion. We, we move away with digital assets from the concept of it's a black box, it's my secret source. Uh, because there's two things. Firstly, the concept or the, the technology itself is an open source technology. And the second thing is that we are in the process of creating a community. We're we all on a journey. So I, I welcome any type of discussion that we can have with our peers, our competitors. Well, thank you very much for joining us here on Waves in the Finiverse. I've been speaking with Luke Froelich, uh, Global Head of Digital Asset Solutions at Fidelity International. Thanks for joining us on Waves in the Finiverse. Thank you, Walter. 
This has been Waves in the Finiverse. Why not hit the subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode? If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then please leave us a review and a five-star rating. Thanks for listening.